Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. We are in Genesis 45 and other chapters today. (laughs) Um, The family reunion has happened, and everyone's, you know, really happy about it. Living happily ever after. I think they kissed each other at the end. It was weird. Um, but Pharaoh invites Joseph's family to come to Egypt. Um, what sticks out to you guys in today's passage? We've got a l- <laughs> big breath in. <laughs> that was a Chris Lotz ball breath. That was a Chris Lotz ball breath. Yes. Good. Sorry. Sorry uh, for interrupting your breathing. <laughs> yeah. I just think this then begins that story of how the entire family gets up there uh, so the brothers go back. They tell their father about this. He hears Joseph is alive. I mean, sometimes I think we can read over that pretty quick. But, I mean, he's been mourning the loss of his son for, we're not exactly sure how long, but a significant period of time. And all of a sudden, he hears that he's alive. This yeah. would be one of those, like, clickbait stories. Man discovers missing son in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. I'm brothers all- questioned. <laughs> <laughs> He's now second in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, I do like the detail of Joseph calling after his brothers as they leave. Don't quarrel along the way. Sounds very uh, family thing Seems to like say. Seems like he has a vested interest mm-hmm. in. <laughs> Don't throw anybody in a pit. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from the slave traders. <laughs> Those Ishmaelite slave traders. He like winks at Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So Jacob sets off for Egypt and he stops on the journey to offer sacrifices to God. And I think what's interesting about this part is God once again talks to Jacob and says, hey, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to go with you and you'll come back again. Like, I'm thinking that this is a promise that Jacob told his sons and they told their sons and that continued for generations um, until we get to the point where the people cry out to God and God hears them, um, that he will bring them back again to the land of Canaan. Mm. We do see this repeated thing through all of Genesis so far that these promises are restated. So that's a little bit of the Abrahamic promise there, but also this is a hope that when the nation does end up in slavery for 400 and some years, that they're going to be brought back. And so it's just kind of cool to see how God continually weaves these things into their narrative to inspire hope Mm -hmm. uh, that perhaps as they're reflecting back on this in 200 years, someone will come upon the story and it'll be a source of hope. Mm. So speaking of what God is up to, this is really interesting. God essentially, like he brings Joseph to Egypt so that Egypt can oversee, or so that Joseph can oversee like the strength of Egypt. So God empowers Egypt to save Israel, which is really like when you talk about sovereignty, Mm. like probably the, the local people, the regional powers were like, man, Egypt is getting stronger and stronger. Like what is going on? What's going on is that God is blessing Egypt so that he can in turn bless Israel so that he can in turn bless the world. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine anybody watching that happen in real time would have been like, ah, oh, I bet that's what's happening. No, <laughs> nope. no, because when, when these fathers, Isaac, Jacob think about, man, they promised, God promised Abraham that the nations would be blessed. All the nations would be blessed through us. And here we are dying from a famine. It's like, how could this possibly work out? And it's so great. It's so great to read the Bible and be like, 
oh yeah, God's really involved in everything. <laughs> yeah, we see Egypt becoming more and more powerful. Like we we talked, I think, in the past about Daniel, mm-hmm. like, and we'll talk about Daniel in the future, I'm sure. But the same is true. Of, <laughs> same is true of Daniel. Like mm-hmm. Babylon became more and more powerful, so exactly. that God could work through Babylon. Like uh, the last couple of days, I've just been seeing so many parallels between Joseph and Daniel, uh, and I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see they were both incredibly faithful guys. They both had influence in pagan nations, and God is actively at work in these pagan nations to accomplish his purposes for his people. Um, and along the way, hopefully bringing some of those pagans to a knowledge of him. Yeah, we, we, intimately we, we know he is. Yes. We know he is because when they leave uh, in the Exodus, the Egyptians go with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. intimately involved in like in the family and actively converting these people because Joseph marries the daughter of a priest of a god in Egypt. And then, like, produces um, Israelites. It's like, it's crazy how God is, like, taking these people who are actively worshiping other gods and bringing them into his family and saying, like, hey, I'm the real one true God. And he's bringing about his promises. It's it's interesting because, like, I'm sure we see God doing that today. Like, you yeah. you see people come to know Christ that, like, it's like, wow, that guy? No way. Hmm. Like, that's what was happening then. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other th- interesting thing that stuck out to me today was just um, that the people of Egypt are indebted to Joseph. Um, they say, "You saved our lives. May it please you to let us be Pharaoh's servants." And like, and so, yeah, it's just interesting to me that he saves these people of Israel and Egypt, and uh, the tables kind of flip. <laughs> Which, what was the Abrahamic problems? It was that. Abraham would be a blessing to the nations of the earth. And we see that being fulfilled here, that here Joseph is being a blessing to the nation of Israel. Uh, Not only, or sorry, yes, not Israel, Egypt, thank you. Uh, Not only in a spiritual sense, but in a material, physical, saving their life kind of sense. And we're going to see this continue on through the pages of scripture. Yeah, definitely. Genesis 45, beginning in verse 16. The news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delayed to hear this. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, this is what you must do. Load your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best land in Egypt and you will eat from the best that the land produces. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best of all of the land of Egypt is yours. So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph provided them with wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them supplies for the journey. And he gave each of them new clothes. But to Benjamin, he gave five changes of clothes and 300 pieces of silver. He also sent his father 10 male donkeys loaded with the finest products of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other supplies that he would need on his journey. So Joseph sent his brothers off, and as they left, he called after them, don't quarrel about this along the way. And they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Joseph is still alive, they told him, and he is governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told him, and we saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, their father's spirits revived. Then Jacob exclaimed, it must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. 
So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions, and when he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, the voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. So Jacob left Beersheba, and his sons took him to Egypt. They carried him and their little ones and their wives in the wagons Pharaoh had provided for them. They also took their livestock and all the personal belongings they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and his entire family went to Egypt, sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants. These are the names of the descendants of Israel, the sons of Jacob who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's oldest son. The sons of Reuben were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Hohad, Jacob, Zohar, and Shal. Shal's mother was a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Goshen, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah, though Ur and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Pua, Jeshub, and Shimron. The sons of Sebulon were Sered, Elon, and Jalil. These were the sons of Leah and Jacob who were born in Padanaram, in addition to their daughter Dinah. The number of Jacob's descendants, male and female, through Leah was 33. The sons of Gad were Zephon, Haggai, Shuni, Esbon, Eri, Arodi, and Areli. The sons of Asher were Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Bariah. Their sister was Sarah. Bariah's sons were Heber and Malkiel. These were the sons of Zilpah, the servant given to Leah by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Zilpah was 16. The sons of Jacob's wife, Rachel, were Joseph and Benjamin. Joseph's sons born in the land of Egypt were Manasseh and Ephraim. Their mother was Aseneth, daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. Benjamin's sons were Bela, Baker, Ashbel, Gera, Naaman, Ahi, Rosh, Muppam, Hapam, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel and Jacob. The number of Jacob's descendants through Rachel was 14. The son of Dan was Hashim. The sons of Naphtali were Jazil, Guni, Jazer, and Shilam. These were the sons of Bilhah, the servant given to Rachel by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Bilhah was seven. The total number of Jacob's direct descendants who went with him to Egypt, not counting his son's wives, was 66. In addition, Joseph had two sons who were born in Egypt. So altogether, there were 70 members of Jacob's family in the land of Egypt. As they neared their destination, Jacob sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. And when they finally arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father Jacob. When Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, Now I'm ready to die, since I have seen your face again and know you are still alive. And Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's entire family, I will go to Pharaoh and tell him, My brothers and my father's entire family have come to me from the land of Canaan. These men are shepherds, and they raise livestock. They have brought with them their flocks and herds and everything they own. Then he said, When Pharaoh calls for you and asks you about your occupation, you must tell him, We, your servants, have raised livestock all our lives, as our ancestors have always done. When you tell him this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen, for the Egyptians despise shepherds. Then Joseph went to see Pharaoh and told him, My father and my brothers have arrived in the land of Canaan. They have come with their flocks and herds and possessions, and they are now in the region of Goshen. Joseph took five of his brothers with him and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your occupation? 
They replied, We, your servants, are shepherds, just like our ancestors. We have come to live here in Egypt for a while, for there is no pasture for our flocks in Canaan. The famine is very severe there, so please, we request permission to live in the region of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen. If any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock too. Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob and presented him to Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. How old are you? Pharaoh asked him. Jacob replied, I have traveled this earth for a hundred and thirty years, but my life has been short compared to the lives of my ancestors. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh again before leaving his court. So Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt, the region of Ramses, to his father and his brothers as he settled them there, just as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided food for his father and his brothers and amounts appropriate to the number of their dependents, including the smallest children. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up, and people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried. But please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. Joseph replied, Since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys, Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended, and the next year they came again and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my lord. Our money is gone, and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die, and so that the land does not become empty and desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All the Egyptians sold him their fields because the famine was so severe, and soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. As for the people, he made them all slaves, from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land he did not buy was the land belonging to the priests. They received an allotment of food directly from Pharaoh, so they didn't need to sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seed so you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of your crops will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields, as food for you, your households, and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my lord, to let us be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt, that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth of all the crops grown on the land. Only the land belonging to the priests was not given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. There they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying God's whole story as much as we are. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps us get God's word out to other people. Also, be sure to follow God's Whole Story Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, where you can ask questions, learn more, and connect with myself, Ryan, and Chris. Thanks for listening.